What is up, everyone? Welcome back to TMT Time. I'm your host, Evan Rothstein. We're back on TMT Time, which is a production of our own Porter Trademark Telecom Media Telecommunications Group. We are once again stepping a little bit outside the TMT space to bring in a very special guest, and that is my colleague in our DC office, Amber Hay, who practices in the banking and financial services space to talk about the digital dollar cryptocurrency, which is on everybody's mind right now. So I'm delighted to have Amber here. Amber, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Evan. Great to be here with you. I'm so excited to get into some of this uh, digital currency stuff. But before we do that, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Yes. So as Evan mentioned, I'm an associate in the financial services group at Arno and Porter DC office. Um, prior to joining Arno and Porter in 2017, I was a senior attorney at the Federal Reserve Board in DC in the legal group where I worked on applications, notices, and certain rulemakings related to supervision and oversight of banks. Um, during my time there, I had the opportunity to detail with the House Financial Services Committee under now Chair Congresswoman Maxine Waters of California, and that was a great opportunity as well. And prior to that, I worked at a law firm in Michigan and doing general corporate work. Um, I'm originally from Michigan, and I went to University of Michigan and go blue. And yeah, I'm glad to be here and now ready to talk about digital dollar project, the Fed's digital dollar project. All right. So everything that you just said, Amber, went way over my head. I heard a lot of Federal Reserve and government stuff. I did hear go blue and I'm okay with Wolverine. So I'll let you do that. But uh, I want to know why we should care about cryptocurrency, what it is, the digital dollar. We see it everywhere. And you know, some of us, our eyes glaze over when we hear about it because we're used to spending like paper dollar bills. So tell our listeners a little bit about the digital dollar, digital currency, cryptocurrency. What is it and why should we care? Right. So uh, you have cryptocurrency, which is basically um, a form of currency that's been developed uh, by outsiders, a private organization, not the Central Reserve, uh, Federal Reserve Bank. Um, and it's used as either a form of currency or a storage of value. And so people have heard of things like Bitcoin, Dogecoin, Ethereum, Litecoin, all of those are examples of cryptocurrency. They're not regulated in the sense of um, backed by the Federal Reserve uh, or in terms of having the ability to convert to a physical dollar. Um, U.S. dollars are issued by or delivered by the Federal Reserve either through actual dollars or through um, deposits, electronic deposits that are placed at the various commercial banks. So that's the main difference. You have cryptocurrencies that are based on um, basically currency developed outside of the Federal Reserve and government. And then you have the actual dollars within the monetary policy of the Federal Reserve. So is is the U.S. government dipping its toe in cryptocurrency at all? Like what's happening? Right. So with the popularity of Bitcoin and other coins um, increasing and also the need for the increase in um, basically electronic payments, um, faster payments, the Federal Reserve, if they decide to move forward on the digital dollar project and um, adopt a central bank digital currency and implement it, it will be the digital 
equivalent of a US dollar. And instead of issuing out US dollars, they would basically have a digital wallet that's issued to every citizen, um, to the US population, and dollars will be delivered directly from the Federal Reserve to that digital wallet. That's one of the proposals there. There's some issues in terms of privacy concerns, how it will work from functionality perspective, um, whether society is ready to go totally cashless or not, or has the, tech, if the technology infrastructure is in place to allow for a delivery straight from the Federal Reserve to individuals. And then there's the question of whether the Federal Reserve wants to bank the U.S. population, whether they want to have deposit liabilities of the U.S. population. Um, and that could also impact negatively impact the banking business because banks rely on deposits for their operations. Yeah, this also like cuts the banks out. Super interesting. Yeah. So like I could just, I, I mean, I don't know if like as a citizen, I want to just interact with the government. Right. <laughs> like, kind of <laughs> like that banking middleman. It adds a layer of, of uh, like trust, I suppose. Like for those people that are like, I don't trust the government or anything. The government exactly. Does. I trust Wells Fargo or I trust Chase. And exactly. Even though they're backed by the federal government, <laughs> it's like we're like putting blinders on on purpose, even though we are banking with the federal government. We're not right. really it's the private banks. So right. is the government like, like it's like their own form of cryptocurrency? Like they establish it and it's benchmarked against the US dollar, I assume? Yes, it will be the functionally equivalent of the US dollar. Um, I, I don't say banked or, or backed by it because our current deposits are technically backed by the government um, with the FDIC deposit insurance. And generally, if you have that note, it's backed saying that, you know, the Federal Reserve will acknowledge it. Um, if you have the digital dollar, if that's released, there won't be a, a, need, a need for a one-to-one -one exchange. It will be exactly seen as a U.S. dollar, like where you can go up to the Federal Reserve and say, hey, you owe me a dollar, you know, or you owe me this amount of money um, because this is your deposit liability. You no longer will go to Chase and say, hey, I have this amount and you owe me X, Y, it will be, or X, Y, Z, you will go straight to the Federal Reserve with that. And, and that's what the Federal Reserve does not want. And so uh, Chair Powell, he is in the process of weighing the pros and cons and doing the research in terms of, first of all, the policy reasons for having a central bank digital currency, whether it's needed, um, how it would be developed and implemented and whether they even have the authority, the legal authority to adopt and implement a central bank digital currency. There might need to be some changes in laws. Um, one being the Federal Reserve, as I mentioned, they can't have accounts for the general public. You have to be an insured depository institution to have access to the Federal Reserve and its payment system. Um, and that's why we see some fintechs, a lot of fintechs out of the loop in terms of the payment system. Um, other things you have to think about is federal deposit insurance. Right now, cash is not insured if it's outside of a depository institution. And so does the government want to be responsible or like how do you rethink federal deposit insurance if there's central bank digital dollars in circulation rather than um, electric dollars that are supposedly backed by dollars in insured banks? So there's a lot of considerations they have to work through. In addition to the privacy, as you mentioned, they will have all this data about each transaction that's made with a central bank digital currency. Now, in some countries like China, who has just now, you know, they have a pilot of their own central bank digital currency that was released in um, early, uh, earlier this year, 
they don't have the same privacy concerns because their citizens don't necessarily have the same protections as us. <laughs> they don't have privacy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to go that far, but yeah, they don't have the same type of protections. But here we have, you know, the Bill of Rights. And so in, What's in, that our... in China, what? <laughs> what? Bill of exactly. Rights? Exactly. Um, so we have a lot of people that are concerned about the privacy concerns that you have to think through in issuing a central bank digital currency. And in addition to the government knowing your every single move or every single transaction, they'll have all this data that they're storing. And it's like, do you want that door, data to be stored in a place where a hacker can access it and do who knows what with the information? Um, so there's the a lot of- to that question is no. I mean, this, uh, this, this is, this is nuts, but there is a Justin Timberlake movie that is called In Time, where, mm -hmm. I don't know if you've seen it, but I don't probably know one's seen it because it's not a very good movie, but there's, uh, it's like in the future, and there's a, a clock that gives you a certain amount of time, and it's given by the government, and it's in your arm, mm -hmm. and it like ticks down, <laughs> and when your time's up, it's the point of the movie, you die. And the no. whole point of the movie is to get more time and it's all, you go to the government. This is what it's making me think of. Like, <laughs> I'm going to the government to give them my arm and they're going to be like, ding, 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 ding. There's yes. a digital currency and then I'm going to leave and they're going to be tracking me and they're going to know everywhere I am. That freaks everywhere me out. you are, every every dollar that you spend. Um, and it would help the government because, hey, they can ensure that they're getting the proper tax dollars or they can ensure that there's, um, they're monitoring monetary policy because they can use the digital wallets as a way to influence spending um, with the interest rate. So they have all these benefits on their end, but again, they recognize that they need to respect individuals' privacy. Um, and then they this also is have crazy. To, so yeah, yeah, all those things you just read are crazy. So if are some of these proposals where there would be the digital dollar and there'd still be paper dollars? Yes. Have normal bank accounts or would it be trying to replace everything? So there's a lot of ideas floating around, but the one that um, is growing or in popularity is that you would still have the cash-based system and it will exist alongside the central bank digital currency. Um, and so we see other countries that are doing that. For instance, Bahamas, they were the first country to have a central bank digital currency. And they recently... Um, have entered into a partnership with MasterCard where their citizens can um, use a prepaid card issued by the Central Bank of Bahamas and have their digital um, dollars converted into the traditional Bahamian, uh, Bahamian currency. So we're seeing oh, that- it's like, it's like going to a place in the airport when you're, when you're uh, converting, when you travel internationally. And you exactly. Exactly. In China, you get the one. I didn't know that China had actually already established a digital currency. I suppose that doesn't surprise me. It's almost like we're behind a little bit. We're behind Bitcoin and the other actual cryptocurrencies that like Ethereum that people are using already. Yes. Um, and China's done it. We kind of have to get into the business of it. Yes. One, because cryptocurrency is gaining so much steam uh, because yes. it's secure. I mean, it is yes. secure. Yes. So there's that benefit. Um, this I I have recently uh, miss maybe disclosing too much. Started purchasing some NFTs online with Ethereum and cryptocurrency. I get on OpenSea and I buy these packs with these uh, NFTs that I hope go up in crazy value. 
So in addition to retiring from the practice of law, maybe I can also retire from the podcast with these NFTs because I'm reading about it. Are, are NFTs in the crypto space? Like how do they play in here? Right. So um, NFTs, those are more so looked at, I believe, as like products and services that you will be purchasing using cryptocurrency versus, and, and those aren't necessarily seen as such a threat um, to the Federal Reserve and, you know, Congress, they're not raising as much uproar about NFTs compared to the Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. And it could be the case because the general public is not wildly looking at NFTs as a replacement to the U.S. dollar. Um, if that was the case, I think that they would start looking at it closely in the sense of does that need to be regulated and what kind of threats does they pose? Do they pose? So it's all about you know threats to the U.S. dollar. Where is the U.S. lining up, and um, are there any needs for consumer protections? Um, that's another big issue that why Congress and the Federal Reserve are looking to try to either and SEC even now to regulate cryptocurrency, the market, or try to compete with it by issuing a central bank digital dollar of the Federal Reserve. So um, are there actual bills going through Congress that are dealing with this right now? There is one that I'm aware of. Um, it's the 21st Century Digital Dollar Act. And it, it's a bipartisan bill that um, was introduced in the House last year. And the purpose of that was more so um, a research task for Treasury. As you mentioned, the U.S. is behind other countries like China in terms of their research and implementation of a central bank digital currency. And certain Congress members do not want China to be too far ahead of the U.S. because there is an in, um, concern there that they would try to compete with the U.S. on the global financial system um, in terms of the popularity of the dollar as the you know, the choice in terms of trade and, and, and things of that nature in terms of being the permanent currency for cross-border transactions. And so they really want to avoid China again too far ahead. And they're pushing the treasury and they were asking the Federal Reserve to move forward in their research and trying to identify whether a central bank digital currency is needed um, that's backed by the Fed dollar or issued by the Federal Reserve. And where are we at in that process? How far along? And the Fed has said that they're going to release the white paper, but it could be years before we actually see a pilot of a central bank digital currency issued by the Federal Reserve if they even decide to move forward. Wow. So uh, that's that far behind. So other countries, other, I mean, you said the Bahamas, which to me uh, is not that surprising because I feel like you're next going to say the Cayman Islands and the Cook Islands and everywhere else, <laughs> people that have lots of money go and hide it. Uh, <laughs> those countries probably have it. Yes. Uh, but well, I mean, five years, you, you think it could take that long? Like, that seems crazy to me. Yeah, it does seem, especially with China moving so far ahead and having their pilot, um, and they're expected to be full blown by the time you know there's the next Olympics, the Winter Olympics in Beijing. Um, but the U.S. and the Fed chair specifically, he's more interested in getting it right. So he said that he doesn't, he's not concerned about the Federal Reserve being ahead or being behind, but they're just more concerned about working through all of the issues, making sure that there's congressional support. And there's public support because, as you mentioned, one of the issues is that this could negatively impact the banking system. So it's like if people are starting to bank with the Federal Reserve and, and taking their dollars out of the commercial banks, 
and putting them or keeping them in the digital wallets, the banks will then have to find a way to find lower cost funding essentially for their operations or reevaluate how they do banking because they now have no longer have these deposit bases to rely upon. Um, and so, and that can impact mortgages, that can impact loans. It has a lot of impacts that direct, um, indirectly impacts the everyday consumer. And the Fed doesn't want that. They feel that the, the banking system now is fine, even though it has its issues in terms of, you know, we've seen things with consumer protection or the, uh, the fees that come along with providing yeah, banking the services. The 2008 complete utter financial system meltdown. Yes. <laughs> hey, we recovered from that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the banking system's just fine. You yes, know? we're now yeah. safe and sound, you know, yeah. Dodd-Frank and the Economic Growth Act and all those things, they're fixed. Oh, I like that. Me. That was a plug for Dodd-Frank. Yes, exactly. Chris Dodd, partner of ours in our DC office. He's amazing. Thank you for saving <laughs> the country. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, they, the... The Federal Reserve does not want to replace the traditional commercial banks in terms of banking everyday citizens. They do not want to have to bank everyday citizens. And that's why some of the proposals are trying to think of ways of incorporating banks into the implementation of a digital dollar. And so they're trying to figure out ways that banks can still serve in the role of directly interfacing with individuals or the people and not having to find a way for that to be done with the Federal Reserve. Well, all right. So this is an our own Porter backed podcast. So I do have to ask, like, what do we do in this space? Like, what do you do, Amber? How do you like, can you guide clients? Do we lobby Congress? Like, what is there for the lawyers to do with respect to this digital currency? Yes, well, the lawyers can play a number of roles. Myself, um, the lawyers can play a number of roles. Myself, I'm in the compliance space. So as and I also help with lobbying. We have a lobbying group at the Arnold Porter that are fantastic in financial services. As you mentioned, we have Senator Dodd, and then I assist in that area as well. But we can help in terms of lobbying and ensuring that the Congress members are educated about the implications of certain legislation that might need to come down or be approved and passed for the Federal Reserve to actually implement a central bank digital currency. Um, so, for instance, we recently had this big uproar about the um, the block of the crypto amendment in the current infrastructure bill, and we have a team at Arnold Porter that have been working in the sense of trying to meet with Congress members to try to help our clients that might be engaging in the crypto space to avoid being classified as we say a broker, which result in additional compliance obligations um, and, and burden in, or in the interest of a pay for for the infrastructure bill. Um, I, I think probably I should go through what's going on in terms of the whole dilemma there, um, but we can touch on that next. We also help in the sense of compliance where as I mentioned, banks will have to try to think of their next role in, in, in helping with the implementation of the central bank digital currency if the Federal Reserve decides to move forward. And before the Fed moves forward, they said that they want to engage the public. So we can help clients with, you know, thinking through, okay, how could this, you know, come about? What are the options? What has been discussed as potential ways that this currency will be implemented? How will this impact your business? Um, how would this impact how you currently go about in use of or um, banking your clients? How would this affect your bottom line? 
okay, what, su what solutions or what suggestions can we then suggest to the Federal Reserve in writing through any type of, um, you know, outreach? Uh, they usually do notice or um, comment or notice of, you know, through the APA process generally, they ask for information and we can help in that request for information process and submitting information um, about, you know, specific clients or just for the public generally, the, the bank industry generally in terms of the needs or considerations that the Federal Reserve should think through before implementing uh, a digital currency that could negatively impact the banking system. Yes, yeah, so um, could you, like if a bank or a banking, like a financial client comes to you and says like, we're thinking about, you know, taking cryptocurrency uh okay know, or that how do you do you deal with that like how does that even work yeah so that's another area outside of just central bank digital currency project um we are expecting regulations to come for cryptocurrency generally be it through the sec and any requirements in that regards where publicly traded banks are serving as custodians or providing other services related to digital assets we can help in terms of any disclosures that might be required or ensuring that uh, the banking, the bank's um, system is set up in a way to comply with any regulations or laws that uh, come about. We are also expecting the banking regulators to come up with their own set of regulations related to uh, managing and, and doing business for customers related to cryptocurrency. So again, that's a compliance thing where we're reviewing um, documents where we're counseling or not counseling, but advising business line professionals in terms of how to comply with laws and regulations. And before those laws and regulations come um, about, we can also help in terms of submitting comment letters as proposals roll out. Like for instance, the FDIC had a, a request for information in terms of the use of digital assets by banking customers and the type of services that banks are currently providing and how current banking laws um, and regulations work or don't work in providing such services. So we help in responding to comment letters to the FDIC for those type of services. And we are making sure that clients are in compliance and providing services related to digital assets. We have clients that might want to pursue a big, there's a state regulation in addition, in state laws related to digital assets in addition to the federal laws. I haven't really spoke about those here, but we also have clients in the space in terms of New York DFS. They have a lot of regulations related to in laws related to um, cryptocurrency, for instance, the bit license. Um, and we have helped in that regard. What is that way? What is a bit license? So um, a bit license for in New York is it's basically for a financial institution that base, that deals in, in, in cryptocurrency. Either they're providing some type of services, it could be custodian services, um, they're helping with facilitating the exchange, kind of like a money transmitter, but they're not a bank. Um, so if you're a bank in New York and you have given, been given approval, you don't have to get the bid license. But if you're not a bank, you have to go to, through the similar process of obtaining a license to engage in cryptocurrency or provide services related to cryptocurrency. That's like another regulation. The exactly. more regulation. Uh, yeah. And, and then you, and without that bid license, you're not supposed to provide services to customers within New York. And um, so th that's a pretty big deal. It's usually something like a, a trust bank of a sort. Um, it's not FDIC insured, so you don't have to worry about the, uh, the Federal Reserve and the other banking regulations related to the, you know, those there, but you do have to worry about the New York related laws and regulations 
with obtaining a bid license and maintaining. And it has the capital requirements, there's um, due diligence there, similar to what you have to go through with getting a banking license in New York with the Department of Financial Services. So our listeners know that I like to go into nerd areas, and this is a serious nerd Amber uh, area, Amber. So uh, I, this is, you're fitting in perfectly with the rest of our guests here, because this this cryptocurrency thing makes me think of like, who would build the cryptocurrency or the digital dollar for the U.S. government? Is this like a DOD project? Are they going to like send out an RFP and get you know some of our tech companies in there to help them build it? Is that, is that even known, or are we not even there yet? So right now, like I said, they're in the research stage, but they have partnered with MIT. So definitely. I trust MIT. So that's Exactly. Great. You'll trust them. So it's the Federal Reserve Bank of Boston, MIT. They're leading the research. And after the fact, yes, I would expect that the Federal Reserve will hire the best of the best in terms of either for internal staff or seek outside the, the private industry in developing and implementing a crypto, um, sorry, a, a digital dollar for the Federal Reserve. We awesome. have some, yeah, there's the private sector along with the, the Fed, there's private organizations and, and nonprofits that are doing their own research. Um, there's a digital dollar project organization that has partnered with Citra and they've done their own research on the value proposition of a Federal Reserve central bank digital currency, the pros and cons and the things that need to be worked through and before a central a Federal Reserve central bank digital currency is adopted and implemented. When do we expect this uh, white paper to come out that you, that you mentioned? Uh, it should be in September, early fall, but as priorities shift, you know, they can always push those dates, but we are definitely expecting a white paper in the fall. Um, it's been said around September, uh, but, but we need to we need to move forward. There's been excerpts been um, from Federal Reserve staff and, and the federal governors have made speeches about their position in terms of whether they're in support or not in support of a central bank digital currency at this time. So we're given some insight in terms of where they are in their in their thinking, but we don't have inf much information as to what they're actually thinking in developing the currency and um, pushing it out to you know, the, 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 everyone pushing it out to everyday citizens. All right. Well, Amber, we're getting close to our time and I want to make sure I don't miss the interesting questions at the end that I love asking everybody um, as interesting as the digital dollar is because this is actually really fascinating. Um, you are not a tech lawyer or a tech person, even though you may play one on TV with this digital currency stuff. <laughs> What, what are you doing like tech-wise for fun right now? Are you streaming anything on Netflix? Are you playing video games? What do you do? I watch a lot of YouTube videos. That has replaced my everyday TV. Uh, I love po to watch podcasts about different topics. Um, in addition to things about like central bank, digital currency, and, and nerdy things, I also like to watch podcasts about relationships. Outside of tech world, I like to run. And so... I've been keeping up with the Olympics. I, I, um, and we crush, I, we crushed it again. What sport do you like to watch? Track. I watch track, gymnastics, and swimming. Um, the core, to me, those are the core Olympic uh, sports because they don't get a lot of attention other than every four years. But every four years, they are among the most popular 
of the yeah, Olympic sports. I totally agree. I used to run track. My daughter does gymnastics and she's a synchronized swimmer. So I actually watched that this year. That was amazing. Yes. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you saw that. Unfortunately, the Chinese team crushed it. I mean, they're synchronized swimming. And listeners, if you haven't seen it, Google it, watch it on YouTube. Amazing. <laughs> it's incredible. Yeah, YouTube's amazing. I mean, I just need to replace my TV. I don't need cable anymore. Um, YouTube, I like that you can choose the content that you want to watch. And so I, I appreciate I have that. YouTube TV. That's actually my TV provider. I don't even have <laughs> like traditional television. Um, mm -hmm. All right. Well, Amber, thank you so much for stopping by the podcast. I loved it. Appreciate it. This is a hot topic. Certainly probably get you back on here to talk about the white paper and break it down and see where we're going to go next. But thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for having me.